All right. Well, thank you, Alina, for coming on to today to our to my podcast, the Diving Deep with Fahad. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. So, uh, thank you for having me. So I know that you have a PhD and run us through your credentials. Okay. Uh, I have a, a BSc in finance, MSc in finance, accounting, and uh, management, and PhD in international business and economics. Okay. So I'm. I'm. So. Today I want to talk to you about was the worker shortage. I don't know if you've noticed all over the news, but ever since the pandemic has been, ever since the pandemic, you know, I've noticed this trend that workers, you know, they're, they got laid off. And then now since the economy is opening, they're not getting back to work. They, they don't want to come back to work. Do you believe it's because of the unemployment benefits that are being handed out to them now? Or do you believe it's another reason, some other reason why employees, employees don't want to get back to work? Uh, it's a two-pronged thing. One, yes, it could be the employment benefits that people are getting. Uh, but I, I believe that is only a very little percentage of people who are actually exploiting that or want to be, you know, on the getting the employment benefits. Because in, if you look in the longer run, it is always better to have a job than to have uh, just, just not work. It's, it's, uh, because if, if it keeps carrying on, the economy will go fall down. And that will also affect the the employment benefits that they're getting. The other thing is, over the during the pandemic, people have gotten so used to working a limited amount of time, and also working from home. So a lot of people who were furloughed, so they were giving, they were getting half a pay, and they were getting at least that was that was the case in the UK. They were furloughed. They were getting they were working half of the time, and they were getting half of their pay. In that time, a lot of people, what they did, they started opening up their business to make and meets and, you know, to do something creative because people were sitting at home. And that gave them the flexibility of not only doing something that they are passionate about or that they are using their brains, but also spending time with the family and having and doing it in their own time. For example, uh, I am a lecturer at Leeds University, but I work from home. The... Even now, uh, where I am working at, uh, they have asked us to come back. But because we are so used to the flexibility of it, not only myself, my colleagues and even students themselves, they prefer the flexibility. We have huge offices and huge uh, university buildings, but Mm -hmm. nobody wants to go there. It's not about because of the pandemic. It's because we have gotten so used to it. And that is the flexibility it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You working from home is just amazing because you can you don't have to spend, you know, waste thirty minutes of your time getting in your car, going to the office, and then coming back. That's a good hour, you know. Yes, uh, working from home is very efficient. It is. It can be a bit hectic if you're not very organized, but it is efficient because for for me and a lot of my colleagues, we get up we uh, work and at sometimes at night you know even i had delivered a class if i had an easy day and you know one of my students is having an issue the student can drop me an email and i will check my email and i will give them the answer then you know the same is the case with the office as well you know for my work if my employer wants me to do something you know after 6 p.m i'm happy to do that because i know that i am not getting up at 6 a.m in the morning and driving somewhere else i am happy and i had a light day Everything else has been done. Family life is sorted. And I do that. But once you ask them, do okay, you need to work from 9 to 5 or 9 to 6, whatever the office hours are, from this particular place, then you are stuck. 
you might be inefficient. You might not be doing that. So one of the reasons that not a lot of people who want to go back to work is mostly because they are happy working from home. And do you believe that the minimum wage, you know, like should be increased? Because there have been talks with, uh, you know, fast food workers and restaurant um, servers. They, they say that they don't make enough. Are you for the $15 minimum wage? Um, yes, the minimum wage. If the minimum wage is increased, that will also affect the living standards of the people. Once the living standards have been, uh, have, uh, have been elevated, if you have extra surplus income, you might be going and buying some stuff. You know, you might be doing extra shopping. It goes from your needs to your wants. Because in economics, what we have is a need and we have a want. If I'm working a minimum wage job and if I can mm-hmm. barely make my ends, you know, barely make my needs met, like the rent, the bills, uh, the food, all those sort of things that be, uh, I'm paying for them. But afterwards, I don't have enough savings to go, let's go buy or watch a movie or, you know, to eat out. If the minimum wage is, has gone up, what will then happen is that people might have extra money and if they are very good at it, they might have some surplus, they might have their savings. If they have their savings, eventually they will go out and they will probably go eat out. They'll probably go to, uh, you know, just random shopping or buy something mm-hmm. that's something they don't want. It makes a huge difference, you know, uh, that if you are buying something because you actually need it or you're buying something because you want it, then what happens is that money that they have been paying that money would be go into the extra money that has been going into the businesses or the shops they are actually spending money on, or they can actually help, you know, help them grow as well and employ. That will actually increase the employability. The other thing that will happen is that once their minimum wage has gone up, eventually it, they might come up in the tax bracket that they might end up paying taxes. So if the more taxes are being paid, the government then put back into into the economy. Mm-hmm. So it's like a circle that you need to be very aware of. Uh, at the same time, uh, while I'm all for minimum wage to go up, one has to be very, very careful about that uh, when that it is not being misused. Okay, let's say that I am working a minimum wage job. I'm getting eight uh the minimum wage has been set by the government, like it is for, for example, it is about, uh, like let's say $15 an hour that you're saying that. <laughs> they might have, the government might has have something to it, like, okay, if it is, if, if there is a one child and you're a minimum wage job, you might get a extra employment benefit, some benefit from the government. But some people, and one has to be very careful, it's not everybody, some might exploit that. So you kind of have to say, okay, if it is working or if it is not working, if the minimum wage is going up, then there is also possibility that the inflation might go up as well. Mm-hmm. If the taxes and the inflation rate has gone up, but the minimum wage has not gone up, that would actually have the negative effect because people will not be able to make a need. But if you, if the inflation has gone up because of mm-hmm. the need, because the governments all over the world during the pandemic have board their reserves, board their financial reserves into the, uh, into the into supporting people. So they need to now fill up the reserves. So if the inflation rate will, has gone up, then the minimum wage has gone up as well. And 
that minimum wage, how much that minimum wage is going up, that is something that the government would need to decide. Is are they only making uh raising up the minimum wage to level up what it was like you know the fifteen dollars an hour the what the current inflation rate was, or are they actually gonna meet it up like a little slightly extra to actually go and put it up into uh you know uh so that the, so the money supply can uh you know the money can come into supply. But that would depend on the government economic policy and how they want to do that. And that would look a lot more into looking into it. And they would actually have to look into what the reserves are, what their 10 year next next 10 year plans are, which way they want to go. So those kind of decisions that need to be taken by the policymakers. Right. Because I know the Republicans' argument of not increasing the minimum wage are American or not even Americans, but just workers in general are lazy and even in, in the uk with i'm pretty sure the conservative party is they use do they use the exact same argument for not increasing the minimum wage uh it's not about that they we call lazy i don't think the government calling people lazy will they will get away with it there'll be riots but yes they they word it a bit differently uh, but at the same time, the uh, we have the cons- the conservative uh, at the moment the uh, conservative party is in the government, and they have actually put a lot into the government, a lot into the economy as well. You know, it is a taxpayer's money, uh, and if they do increase the minimum wage, then uh, the taxes have already gone up, and they are actually doing it. You know, to to get the economy moving, the minimum wage in UK what we have it is set by depending on how many uh, uh you know what you what age bracket you get in and also how many years you have worked mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it depends uh like what minimum wage you are or which organization you are getting it but uh, i know that from if you are over 25 your minimum wage is 13 um 13 pounds mm-hmm. and that has been an increase uh but at the moment the what the the scenario in uk is that because the government has given so much benefits, even the banks, the, the the power companies, they have let people know, you know, that you don't actually have to pay. The prices have been cut for some people. That was the case in the, in the beginning of the pandemic at Wolves that you, uh, the mortgages, they were put on hold, the rents were put on hold, the bills, everything was put on hold. But the government was supporting you. Even now, with the furlough scheme they're going, it is, is the uh, you know, they, they're still doing some of it. So just putting it up as a minimum wage, I understand what your question is, uh, but it is a post-pandemic world. In pre-pandemic mm-hmm. world, the answer would be very, very different. But in a post-pandemic world, actually it's not post, it is still during pandemic world, uh, especially when the governments are doing so much to help the population to deal with pandemic. The question about the minimum wage is a bit a gray area. It has always been a gray area, but it is a bit more dark gray now because the governments are helping them out. Then we come back to the first question that you asked, why people aren't going back into work? Mm-hmm. Now, that just depends. It could be that, uh, like I mentioned before, about the benefits that they're getting, but it also could be flexibility. So the government might what need to do is think of a way that uh, the, economic, uh, the economic systems might need to change. They might have to come up with a way where they are paying them the same amount or even a lesser amount and giving them more flexibility. Because see, if why would, in some ways, it might be better for the companies 
for uh, uh, you know do people for work from home because then they don't actually have to pay for their office equipment they don't have to pay for the insurance they don't have to pay the rent they don't have to do anything else so you're they're cutting down those costs so if those costs are come that will add into the company's profitability and if mm-hmm. that has been added up they can actually hire more people even if they're if, even if uh, even if they're on the less wage or even if they're still say a minimum wage of $15 they can hire more people and if more people are in employability more people are in the workforce eventually it will have a trickle down effect and then it will uh, help the economy the economy mm-hmm. will grow mm-hmm. and i i i agree with you there um, i know that now states are ending the unemployment benefits and i know that the uh, hold on mortgages that ended on july 30 on july 30th in the us um when it comes to renters now i mean now the moratorium has been i would want to say it's no longer there and now renters are you know possibly going to be evicted from their homes still with with the rise of the delta variant and that's another thing is i noticed that you know especially women in the workforce you know they don't want to go back to work because they got to take care of their child you know their kids or they got child care issues or they have stuff to take care of that is hindering them uh, from working uh, i think it's not just women is across the board but yes child care issue especially in the uk as an issue because what happens if one of the class one student in the class the mm-hmm. child class has been tested positive the whole class has to isolate for two weeks and if the mm-hmm. whole class is like in two weeks only you know uh only one of the parents will be able to take care of them mm-hmm. so uh it is a bit of a mix it is it is a big like a seesaw and more like an egg and a chicken kind of situation in a way that what what should we do first or how to tackle this problem but uh it's not just about the female we can't gender specify it because i do mm-hmm. know that one of my colleagues he uh, he prefers working from home because he can work from home but his uh wife some days she works from home some days she go to office so it's mm-hmm. just depend of nature of the industry working from home is also depends of the nature of your job like for example i'm a lecturer or even mm-hmm. if i'm an analyst i can work from home i all have my databases everything is on my computer i can run my classes on that but that is only possible because i am teaching the soft subject as an economics i don't need a scientific lab for that mm-hmm. but geologists and doctors they need to work or mm-hmm. you know the science based subjects they need to go into the workforce also not only that the when you go into the blue collar jobs you know the shopkeepers the security mm-hmm. guards the firemen the policemen all those the frontline workers they need to be uh, they need to go to work to do that so it's a system that needs to be looked into and a lot of theories have been popping up a lot of suggestions have been coming up but it's a uh, when we because this you know now, now we have delta variant a few months right. down the line we'll have another variant uh so that's an ongoing process until you know everybody is vaccinated and we have uh, and it becomes like a common cold sort of situation uh but uh, and that will take another about like uh 3 to 5 years to sort it out at least that's what the projections that I have been reading right uh so when that happens uh but in the meantime we can't just all just stop so yes uh the issue of minimum wage is there people in the workforce that is coming in as well uh yes it might has co- might cause labor shortage for a bit 
but that the labor shortage could be legal, uh, due to lack of skills. And mm-hmm. if there is a labor shortage, then what happens is the salary automatically, the wage automatically goes up. Right. Right. And do you, do you know, um, what do you think if there's any strategies that the government can use to incentivize people to say, hey, you know, you got to get back to work. You can't be, you know, living off of unemployment, even though unemployment is not enough to live off of. Uh, I think uh, the government, uh, instead of it, they need to uh, phrase it in a way that, you know, that's one of the strategies, like I mentioned, was give the flexibility because people are used to that. Mm-hmm. Give them the flexibility. Um, I think New Zealand ran experiment of, and that has been in talks for a long time, about uh, four uh, four day work week, so three days mm-hmm. off. That is something else that can be done. You incentivize mm-hmm. them. Or if you can say, okay, uh, give them the flexibility. Okay, you work four days a week. We are giving you three days off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's an extra day. Or you can work, okay, at least work, or at least start getting them back to work. Okay, work this many hours. One of the additional things, if I was, if I was the one making a policy, I will actually cut down the employment benefit. Mm-hmm. Just terminate that. Or we- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would I, mean, I would do that. I would do that. I know that is a very hard line, but it also depends the strategies. It also depends what the government wants to do, what which way the economy is it's going. The thing is, you and I we don't know what uh, reserves the government have at the moment. That because that is right. not really public knowledge. Even whatever the public knowledge, that is never the true knowledge. We do not know what the government, uh, which way the government wants to do, which way they are progressing. Okay, mm-hmm. so. It might be depending on if they have the reserves. They said, okay, we are fine. We have 10 year reserves and this is what we will actually want to this economy to go forward. It depends on that as well. The strategy of they want people back in the workforce. Eventually, whether people want to come back in the workforce or not, people will actually have to go back to work because right. this system can't you know, stay for a long time. It will be a different kind of things. Right, because COVID's going to go away. And, and, yeah. and, and the thing about it is, is if somebody wants a job, yeah. they can go out and apply. It's, you know, now, you know, there was a study on NPR they were talking about, you know, even with the minimum wage workers and clerical office workers that they get paid more from the current unemployment benefits. And how do you get, how do you fix that problem? Well, the studies were suggesting that you just cut the unemployment benefits and they'll get back to work. They'll go back. No, to no, the... no, no. If the thing is, if they are getting more from the unemployment benefit than they're paid, mm-hmm. then the window, one of the best way would be to increase their wage to get them right. back. Increase their wage. If right. I know that I'm going to make more out of going to work than just sitting at home, then you I go back go, to work. Yeah, I will cause... go back to work. So do that. And one of the ways to make to get them to do that is cut off the employment benefit, put that money back into, uh, into the businesses or you know in, into the wages. Because mm, it's a lot of money that's going out to either for the um unemployment benefits yeah. or it can be used to, you know, increase now, the, the wage. Thing, the now, the thing is, most mm-hmm. of the U.S. economy is privatized. You know, most companies are privatized. There, mm-hmm. uh, but the employment benefits they are coming from the government. So what the government can do that the, actually the companies they are actually not looking after their own bottom line and their own profitability. They they are actually paying their workers. What mm-hmm. they can do is that they can actually give incentives to the companies to get people back to working for them. 
mm-hmm. through increased their wages. So for that to happen, the the fiscal policy and the monetary policy, that needs to be changed. There needs to be a lot more tax breaks for uh, the companies to do that. There need to be some incentive or, uh, you know, for companies to pay people more. But for that to happen, uh, there also needs to be some compliances in place, you know, that they are the companies are actually complying and are actually paying their way, uh, paying paying their employers a certain wage. Now, yes, we are talking about the fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage, but w- at the same time, depending on the what the skills we can, you, the what the government can do, they can actually say, okay, this is the minimum wage. For example, a nurse will make if that nurse is working this many hours, and if the hours go up, this is the overtime that they will be getting. Mm-hmm. but then the policy needs to not only come into place and then it needs to be implemented as well now another thing i i was wondering too is what about the education system you know providing you know i would say either the future people future um workers to go in the workforce that credentialing like you know a certification or the degree because you know a college degree that's a good hundred thousand dollars do you think that like education, if it's more publicized, people will be more incentive to go get an education and go get a, you know, I would want to say more of a higher skill type job, whether it's analytics or. Yes, yes, I, 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 I 100% agree with that. See what happens in the UK is UK universities are public universities. What happens is that students, they get a loan and they're studying on the loan and mm. then they pay the loan only if they have gotten a certain amount of minimum job with that. So if you are a medical doctor, if you have gotten your training and you only pay it once you have completed your training, only then you pay it, mm-hmm. pay, pay the job. And even then, if you ha- if the loan that you pay that is proportional to the salary that you are getting. So you are able to live your life, but you're also paying the loan as well. Because right. I, I know I did an internship with the Department of Education and we worked with the... Um, uh, and, okay. And the other thing is that in the UK universities, mm-hmm. uh, the, the fee that you pay is roughly the same across all uni, all, all universities. Mm-hmm. The in the same. US, I know this, the, uh, the, uh, the fee, uh, uh, you know, the, the degree fees is uh it varies depending on if you're going to ivs yes, it's, it's variable if, yes it's variable uh but mostly it's the same it's the same thing for example when i was uh, I, I was an international student and my fee was the same uh, uh i did economics and finance same as the one that was the international student for engineering Mm-hmm. Piece was same, so I think that is a standardization that needs to come into place because when it's a privately uh, education, only people who can afford it can actually go and get it. It was the same thing that let's suppose in Pakistan, education is privatized. Right. Only uh, people who can actually afford it can go to the best schools. Over mm-hmm. over there, even the the high, the high school is privatized. If you go to the best schools, then you get into best colleges. And then you go into the best uh, universities, but only if you can afford that. I know that in U.S. education system that your high school, the, uh, there are public high schools and there are private ones. It's the same thing that needs to happen, that there are more universities are publicized because if people have education, then they, they can actually get a higher skill job. Like in sciences, there's always a shortage in STEM. Mm-hmm. 
in STEM areas, we need people more people in physics. We need more people in robotics. We need more people in, uh, uh, you know, in sciences and soft sciences as well. We need more people who are actually working, uh, have, you know, like who can actually do statistics. We need more people like that, for example, uh, who can do econometrics. Uh, so if you have the education, then you can go forward and uh, you can apply that. You will, might have to start at the bottom, but then you learn and then you go up. Right. You work with people. But if, if, if I know that if I'm going to get, a, let's say, uh, I've, uh, I'm going to spend about like $100,000 uh, uh, $100, to getting a degree, but mm-hmm. at the end also, I do not have a job security, but then I will also have to pay the loan. Uh, you know, if, whether I have, uh, uh, whether I do not, whether I get a job or I do not get a job, but I will also have to pay the loan and I might have to work with a uh, minimum wage job then I, prob- I, probably, I probably won't get a degree. But if I know mm-hmm. that, okay, even if I'm spending 100 grand and I will only pay the loan if I get the job, mm-hmm. then I would actually go and get a degree because there is a chance I will get a job and I will get a higher paying job and that will elevate my living standards as well. Not mm-hmm. only that, once that happens, that will actually add up to the economy as well because then I will be paying more taxes mm-hmm. to the government. So it's a thing. What right. needs? Sorry, ask question. You were asking. Oh no, because I, uh, I did some work with the Florida Department of Education, and we worked with special needs kids. Okay. So the problem was, you you had these families. You know, they would, would say, "Okay, we want our kid." You know, at the center after they leave the center, what what are they going to do with their lives? And you know, these were sprite kids. You know, they had, you know, they had issues. They had some of them have multiple disabilities versus you know some of them are going for their degrees. Some of them are going for their certification, but we're, the thing was we were trying to build them on a skill so they could learn a skill. And the agency that we did the work for, that we worked, the agency that our center was under, were treating these kids like, you know, in a number thing. And um, basically they were just saying, you know, looking at the bare minimum, they didn't care about skill. If they can get a job in their field, they were just like, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to throw them right into the workforce. And, you're not going to learn skill. And I was reading another thing on NPR that was talking about, you know, you have to learn higher, you know, you have to learn skill into the workforce to have a high skilled job in order to have a, you know, increase your living standards, but also contribute back to the community and have a better, um, a better outlook of life. Of course, of course, of course. Now see, uh, with the kids that you're talking about, the science, science is improving every day. Mm-hmm. okay so i don't know why the agencies or the family then i think the government or the agencies they need to work with the families to let them you know there's so many more fields the world is so advanced especially for the next generation that is coming up you know social media and internet we are so connected with people you can sit and you can actually work in china across, yeah. the, across the globe <laughs> so that is something that you know then you need to get together with the families and sort of educate them you know that yes even if they're bright kids just because they have some sort of disability doesn't maybe if they can't do a they can do b if they can't do b they can do c if they can't do c there is d there are a million of options there there are a million things and that also comes into um, another issue which is the way how the system that, that shows another problem with the education system to be very honest with you that's exactly what i did with maya 
of my clients. They, you know, I they wish nothing but the best. They're all doing something. We had to fight for them with their counselors, and that's another problem. Is you know, I, I talk with a lot of people, especially um, those with disabilities, who really do want to work and contribute to the workforce, and they're also limited to their choices because of agents, state agencies, who. Uh, then it needs to be looked into at at the at the government level. You know, right. uh, that is something. See, the system. the The thing is, anytime you want to change a system, you need to start from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, you just have to find a point. We just have to find a point of what point we can do. It's not gonna be instantaneous change. Oh, it's I, slowly. It's yeah. gonna go, and it's just not going to be one thing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other several variables that are affecting a decision or a policy that has been put in place of why the agents are reworking. It could be that the agents are not looking into anything else like because maybe not, not they are not being paid well. They are working so hard, but they are not being paid well. And yeah. some of them, because then your heart is not into it, right? Mm-hmm. So then it just comes back to it. You see, the topics that we'll be talking about, it is all just coming back to what the government policy is doing. So what the government needs to do, it just depends on what resources the government have and which way they want to move forward. Unfortunately, we don't have access to that information because that is state secrets. Mm-hmm. Only a handful of people will know that or the policymaker will know that. Policymakers, most of us, we make, the informa- we make our analysis based on the information that we do have. And Sometimes it's very hard to get uh, access to, uh, to, uh, 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 to information because that's very sensitive information that can't be leaked. So. Right, right, right. But, I mean, it all just comes down to the point about, you know, getting people to work. You know, I, you'll find I, I, met a, I met this one individual and the, this one individual works at Publix and he hates his job. You know, he has this low morale, doesn't want to be there. And it was because, you know, Someone he could get easily. He just got a job because he needed, you know, to feed himself. So he got a job as a cashier. He hates his job, but you know, he he got he needed a job, and he didn't come from a very uh, wealthy family. He came from you know a very very uh, poor family. And yeah, you know, so those kind of things. It is sometimes. Look, that is a question. Then it comes up. Do you want, depending on everybody's circumstances, are different. Exactly. Do you want to work because you want to work? Or do you want to work because you want to feed yourself and your family? For example, the company I am working for, mm-hmm. uh, I'm actually quite well paid. And even then, sometimes, because I come from a privileged background, I don't have responsibilities. I'm mm-hmm. financially sound. And uh, I tell them, you know, when they're trying to bully me to do something, oh, no, no, this is need to be done. So I can walk away. I know that. And I tell them, I am not doing this. This is not my rights. My clauses, uh, my job description said this to this. I am not doing this. And if you want to fire me, you can fire me. I can get a better paying job or, or, or another job somewhere else. I do not need the money. I'm doing this because I want to work. I do not want to sit at home and just stare at walls and do nothing and not yeah. use my education of 10 years that I've given to, you know, uh, um, at the university and not use that. But some of my colleagues, they have families, they have kids, they don't have that financial security that I do. 
So they do that work. They're not happy about it, they're but they do it because they don't have a choice. Right. So it also depends on person's circumstances. I mean, I'm privileged, alhamdulillah, right? So I don't yeah. have those issues. But not everybody has that. So it's a system that needs to be, um, then, you, you know, to be fair, then you kind of become sort of like a closed economy like North Korea, where everybody is getting around <laughs> the same page. You don't yeah. want to go that way. It you has to be a mixture. Or you, can, or you can be a completely communist like China, but even that is changing now. Yeah, I mean, a communist government, in my opinion, does not work out. It just doesn't. It doesn't. Like in the UK, uh, it's not completely privatized. Uh, gov- government has does have some say, uh, but uh, but I know in the US that is not the case. In the US, it's a free economy. So, uh, so maybe uh, you just need to find a different economic system that works. But even then, the economic system that comes that has to come from the policymakers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one should always remember that the government that is in place that is because people have voted for them. So if they have voted for them because they have voted for their local senators and for their local MPs and their local politicians, that is because that that person has done something for the area that the gov- that people agree with. So th- the topic that you and I are discussing, it is actually quite complicated and interconnected as well. So mm-hmm. it all comes down to it that what thing people want more. Mm-hmm. And the economic systems. Let's see, post-pandemic, the whole universal economy is going to change. So what do you think is going to happen after the pandemic? I mean... In, with, with the economy um, economy will go down world over mm-hmm. it will go down because governments have poured in money their financial reserve into it it will go down in a way that taxpayers will pay more mm-hmm. and that would be the middle class people you know people who are not making millions and people who are not poor people who are who are the average salary, the yearly salary is 100 to 200 grand. They will pay more. They will pay more because that's the tax bracket. You know, the, uh, the middle class, the upper middle class, they will pay more because the upper class, the elite class, they have the tax breaks incentive because they want the government want them to open more businesses. They mm-hmm. want them to expand so they can hire more people, you know, because their unemployment has gone up because government doesn't want to pay the employment benefits. They want people back into workforce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's, the, it's always the middle class who's getting hurt because the upper middle class they not the upper but the uh, top one percent I'm sorry the top one yes. percent uh, they get yeah, tax they, benefits yes they do so it will be the middle class that will be hurt and the economy will shrink initially but then mm-hmm. it will expand it will initially expand I mean obviously we are going to have effects you know um Something that I always say to my students when I was studying them uh, when doing the economics, like in UK, we had the authority authority measures put in after the last financial crisis, uh, that was in two thousand eight financial crash. But uh, at that time, because the government wasn't putting into projects, they weren't saying anything, and you know now they were able to pay, and we were all saying you know because it uh, the the uh, the government always say it worked for Germany, it worked for us, and all the economists in the world, you know, in the UK, they're like, what are you on about it? It's not going to work. But what happened, what it did was, yes, it did hurt a bit. 
yes, there was recession. But what happened is now when this happened, the government had enough reserves that they were able to put people, they were able to help people, they were able to help banks, they were able to help businesses. They were able to do that. So yes, initially it will hurt, but in about five years time, it will, it will expand. See, the economic cycle, it doesn't remain the same. Mm-hmm. It's not always constant. It is up and down. Even if you are at a very low point in the economy, eventually you will come up because there's no other way to go. And when you have reached the glass ceiling, mm-hmm. there is a point. You know, there's only so much you can expand because of the resources that you have available to you. Then you come start slowing down. Mm-hmm. So ideally, what the government want is at the median level. So that's like, you know, even if there are fluctuations, which is going up and down, they want it at a stable level. But what will happen after the pandemic is it will go down. And once it has, once it has hit rock bottom, at least that is just the prediction or what the my other eco- uh, economist friends that that's what they're analyzing it as well. You know, once it has hit rock bottom, then it will start moving forward because then the economic systems will need to change. Because now, if you just can see, industry is already changing. Things mm-hmm. are already changing. The way people live, it is already has changed a bit because in the last year, people have gotten so used to, you know, uh, doing things a certain way that it will be a bit harder to get them out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so it's it's a thing. You can't predict. It is too soon to say. Every time, like economics, when we are making a decision, based or anything we look at the trend which has been going on for at least two years mm-hmm. and then we can make the prediction on what is happening so give it time especially with the uh, the the situation with the pandemic is not pretty clear mm-hmm. well, uh, yeah I, I agree with you right there you know you know more about this than i do um and and i appreciate you coming on and you know just giving us your thank knowledge you for, because... thank you for having me it, it, it's it's important and, and, it, and it's important because you know, even after, you know, COVID is post, there's still more issues we have to tackle. And, and the big issue is the economy. And then, you know, that's the thing, just because the virus is gone, we still got these major issues going on. We got the economy to worry about and the mental health issues. That's yeah, what's going on. Th- those with... issues are still going on. And after the pandemic, uh, the big issue is the economy. Once that yeah. is sorted out. Uh, the other and that will have an effect as you said on the mental health as well it will uh, it, and that will have that has that will have effect on the other industries as well uh, i know that uh holiday tourism industry is already suffering because of the tourism and hospitality industry is already suffering because of the pandemic and and, and not even just that i mean like I, I, there was a thing on on, on burger there was a there was a news story that broke and it was in, it was in, I would want to say Iowa and Burger King and, and 20, 20 workers just quit at the same time. And they were talking about, you know, they didn't like how their employer treated them. So they left and they got a higher paying job. And I feel like, you know, because of the pandemic, we all as a world kind of struggled in our own individual ways. And we found better ways to say, Hey, let's improve our life. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I see the trend of these workers. They don't want to get back to work because they're not being lazy. They just want to improve their quality of life. No, so... no, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't agree that they are being lazy because yeah, I, I, I don't either. I don't either. People have been this... sitting at home for a year, mm-hmm. 
I mean, you can. There's only so much you can watch. There's only so much Netflix that you can watch. Yeah, there is. And, and they want to improve their quality on life. And now right, you got online. Yes. And yes. you got online courses like Allison, Yellow Brick. You know, you can do your online. Like, get. I, I just saw yesterday, like, a, you can get an, a Shopify certification, run your own online store. And, of course. I mean, you know, you so, can do that. Uh, yeah. People, I, I know that a lot of businesses has popped up on Instagram during the pandemic mm-hmm. and people are using that so it's it, it just depends on you know what they're doing and finding that ideal work-life balance because if you notice in the last decade there has been this since the globalization happened since actually not last decade since since 2000s when we were the economy's boom people are in the rat race we are just running towards money 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 mm-hmm. and you know work 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 there is no and it has become the norm. If you are exhausted, that means that you are successful. That is not the point of life, to be exhausted. But in the last year, people have become different, you know? Things have changed. Yeah. So eventually, the you know, as is, as is the norm of the life, things will change. Uh, and as I mentioned, the economic, system, economic cycle, it doesn't always remain the same. It will go up and down. And what policies... Uh, and which way the economy is going, that will depend on the government. Uh, whatever we can suggest, whatever we can say to the government, obviously they have they have the facts with them. They have their resources. Not a lot of information is available to us as a public. So they are the ones who are making the decisions. Right. And it just we don't depends. know what's going on in the back. You know, they know everything. They got the resources, the data, everything. We only know yeah. so much. We only know see what we know is when we hear the news okay or mm-hmm. some sort of we know people who are working in xyz industry and what is happening they have they know what resources they have they know what is else is happening so the government when anytime they pay the policy see no government in the world wants to except maybe if you're Pakistani government uh no government in the world want to betray people they want the world they want the economy to work they want people to work because they know if they don't deliver people will not want them back exactly so (laughs) they work they make the best decisions that they think is the best way forward now they might be a hit or a mess it may be that majority of people would not agree with it Mm -hmm. but they based they make the decision based on the information that they have and are based on their own understanding of what or you see i can give you three facts mm-hmm. three exact same facts and i can tell you they will all be uh analyzed differently mm-hmm. one such example is uh as i teach economics so one of the assignments the students had to do was you know to look into the effects of uh, Brexit on the living standards in the UK. I had 55 students and mm-hmm. all 55 of the assignments were different. And that is the case. The facts are the same. The figures are the mm-hmm. same. How you are looking at them, how you are actually looking at that, how you analyze it, that is different. When I did my PhD thesis, if I give the mm-hmm. same facts that I had you know, to someone else, they would analyze it completely differently. Right. Right, right. It's just, you know, 
I think one thing everyone has learned from the pandemic is, you know, there's a, there's a chance, there's a, you have a choice. You can either be where you are in life or you can take this step and better it. And you see a lot of not only Americans, but just these, these workers, you see it, they're trying to better their life. And exactly. See, it's not an exact science. It is not two plus two is equal to four. It is not mathematics. Mm -hmm. It is not, uh, you know, um, it is not chemistry where you actually mix some um, uh, formulas and it will give you the exam exact same uh, result every time. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's variable. There's so mm-hmm. many other factors that are in- affecting that go into place that affect the change. So you, all you can do is you can uh, you can speculate. You can make educated guesses uh, with the information that you have uh, yeah. and of your own understanding and in your own and in, in your own experience of things. Um, and then uh, hope for the best. Yeah. Well, all right. Then. Well, thank you so much, Alina, for being on my thank podcast. You can find my podcast on uh, on Anchor and on Spotify. Uh, and thank you so uh, much for having me. Thank you um, for having me, Fahad. You're thank welcome. You. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, thank you. Bye.